there's no introduction needed. Everybody knows who Rob Koffel is, obviously. Um, and, you know, Rob, first of all, thank you so much for everything you've done for Faribault in general um, and for, for your support. Um, and, and on a personal level, your support for the small project I got going on up here in Schuylkill County, not far away from you, um, and the support over the years. For those of you who don't, don't know, Rob, Rob sold my first Olympic recurve to my father when I was like nine or ten years old at the old the old setup at Lancaster Archery. So he's kind of known me for well the majority of my life, I would say. Um, so yep. we kind of go we go way back. Um, not trying to put, I'm not trying to age you there, bud, but I'm just saying, you know, um, we all know how old near, Frank is. <laughs> I'm down there, down there 60. <laughs> You've been around archery for a long time, a long, long time. And then you've seen a is, lot of things come and go. What's that, John? Why does Rob look so much younger than you? Mm, see, it's only a matter of time before the old jokes come out <laughs> because he's down there working on a farm. And stay. <laughs> I don't have any more hair. You you have a little bit more hair than I do, but mine mine was intentional. I don't know what it looks like now. So <laughs> actually, Denver, you have you have definitely have the most amount of hair. You have a little bit of skin, and everything is just a big mop going on mm. right now. <laughs> um, but anyways. Looks like Rob froze up a little bit. That's okay, though. I'm sure he'll pop right back. So for those that are that are listening, um, and then as we proceed through this, we got two very specific topics that we're going to talk about. Um, and the first one is, is is with Rob and the traveling that he's done with Casey and the training that um, – she has been through looks like uh his video may have popped out and the the plethora of improvement that he has seen just in the sport in general not just barabelle but we want to talk about some of the things that that rob you've seen as a as a as a parent as a as a coach figure as a you know someone involved in archery in general and obviously i know you have a passion for barabelle because we've I've heard you say it before. You've said it to me. If you were going to compete or you were going to shoot, Barebow is where you would be. Um, what things do you, have you seen or things have you come across that, that you think is a carryover in, to the Barebow world, the things that we should be looking at or focusing on? You mean as far as shooting form? Shooting form, training, preparation. Um, most most of it shooting a bow is shooting a bow even <clears throat> even shooting a compound has quite a bit in common i mean good form good line uh good posture the breathing you know all of that um you know is very much the same <clears throat> holding good tension um you know with the recurve extremely important um you know, as you know, it you don't have a clicker with uh, shooting World Archery Barebow, but um, having great back tension or um, tension through the entire shot is extremely important. 
and that separates a an average shooter from a good shooter to a truly great shooter. You know, if you watch the classic videos of the barebow guys shooting, you're going to see, um, you know, an amazing display of great shooting form. Um, you know, by the top archers, and they would they would be great Olympic recurve archers as well. I mean, uh, Demmer made a, a great run at it a few years ago. Yeah, he did. He How long ago was it that you shot your Olympic recurve, Demmer? Uh, four or five years ago. That was for 16, wasn't it? Yeah, 16, yeah. Where did you end yeah. up? Where did you end up that year? Do you remember? <laughs> Not good. Um, the The trials actually was my probably worst tournament. Um, just not enough prep, not enough tournament with it. Uh, the very first one I shot, I did pretty good. I think I shot like a six twenty eight. The very first tournament I ever shot, uh, I was at SoCal. That was pretty good. And then shot a couple NFA stuff pretty pretty well, but struggled everything was everything was uh there's a lot of peaks and valleys and the peaks were getting extremely high and the valleys were kind of still staying staying kind of low and that's you know i shot a valley <laughs> did you shoot the classic john i didn't that's, shoot the classic no that was just strictly outdoor yep interesting i would i would say that um you you would definitely see some Olympic recurve shooters that have transferred over and have been able to make the transition. Simon, you know, John, did you, you shot, did you shoot barebow before you shot Olympic? Oh yeah. yeah. Long time, long time long before. Time. Yeah. Yep. How is it for you, Rob, every once in a while? I know you don't get to play with it too much, but I know you have. How is it for you? You mean switching back and forth? Yeah. Well, shooting barebow from all your years of shooting Olympic. What's the um, I love it. I mean, uh, Demmer, I, I almost, almost uh, gave Demmer a show at the Eastern a few years ago. The, uh, um, <clears throat> they have a bear bow event there, and uh, I just picked up my, my son's bow, and um, he had competed with it all week. And uh, I had a pretty good run at it, and, uh, you know, Calvin was shooting, and John, and um, had a great time and I do you know I, I do love shooting barebow um, the kids growing up when they were five years old we had we were out on the 3d courses and we had uh, 3d set up in the backyard when they were three years old they would shoot at the 3d targets in the backyard and it's all single string wood bows long bows back then um, I shot a long bow they shot long bows and, um, yeah, that's how, how I taught them how to shoot. We did not put a sight on their bow until they were eight years old. Yeah, it's probably a common mistake in a, in a new shooter coming up through, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. we shot to touch a little bit more upon that. Um, yeah, Rob and I had a, a pretty good show at the Eastern for one year, shooting for the Hill Fontaine Trophy. And I just wanted to mention that we kind of took Calvin out pretty early in the matches he wasn't he wasn't even a factor <laughs> uh john that was some of the most fun i've had shooting a bow in many years um that that year at the eastern that uh was fantastic thank you 
Yeah, it was, it it was, was good. The, it was, the, it was the, an the honor just it. it was an honor just to uh, just to be, you know, toe to toe with you uh, back to 40 or 45 yards, whatever it went. And, um, you know, I think we were the only two past about 30 yards. So can you can you guys elaborate on what that is? Um, b- being from Pennsylvania, I have some f- uh, familiarity with it. I've never shot the Eastern. That's out of Golden Grain, correct? Yes. Um, can you explain though what what your head to head was? That that uh, it's a novelty event. Uh, every archer that competes, uh, Olympic or compound, they have to shoot an unsighted recurve, a barebow recurve. Um, you know, you have to take your sight and your stabilizers off. And uh, it's funny to watch guys that have never done it. You know, they're anchoring under their, their chin and they're, they're uh, usually shooting way over the, the target. The Hill Fontaine is what it's called. And uh, it goes back in, in the many, many years ago. I think it was in the 30s. Uh, there was uh, Howard Hill and Bill Fontaine were the two archers. And Fontaine bet Howard Hill that he couldn't knock the ball off the top of the flagpole with an arrow. He had some 38 charges that he took his wood arrow and put, he had it rigged with a primer. So he, he hit the ball at the top of the flagpole with a 38 primer on the front of his arrow, knocked the fl- flagpole, blew the flagpole apart, knocked the ball off. And uh, that's what the trophy is made out of. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, history and folklore on there. My dad is on that trophy, and I'm on that trophy many times gone back into the early 50s. My dad is on there. So uh, it's quite a battle. That's the most uh, highly prized trophy of the whole event, and it's it's bare only. That's awesome. So, John, does that mean that your name is on there at least once? Uh, twice. <clears throat> Yeah, wasn't able to go go to it last year, and I think Ben Chu, uh, I think I think Ben shoots out of pro line, yeah, with Joe, yeah, he got it Joe again. Glenn. I know his, I know he's on there a couple times. Who's that, Ben or Joe? Ben, Ben. Oh, okay, okay. Just uh, it's good. It's that's a neat story. I've heard, I've heard that story uh, probably from you, Rob, somewhere in the past. But I won't. I know there's gonna be a lot of people are like they're not gonna know what that is. So. And that, that's a, a little segue because you were talking previous about uh, Connor and Casey. Um, and actually, shout out to Connor. Connor should be – is he at school? Connor goes in about six or seven weeks. Okay. He's headed to Texas A&M. Uh, he's headed down there to see his girlfriend uh, next week. And um, he's uh, dating a gal from Texas. And uh, they'll be at school there down there together and he's really looking forward to it i'm dreading every day it's, it's crazy to think connor's that old already it is crazy it absolutely is uh but he's going yep. to shoot archery in college and you know you gotta yep. that's awesome you know i'm happy for him it's been cool watching him grow up over the years uh he's a great kid but he's gotta stop growing because i think he's taller than i am now i'm pretty sure he is well, i don't like that I- I, th- I think he was taller than me when he was probably in sixth <laughs> grade. So, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a, a, a gentle giant of sorts. But what I was going to say is, is the segue that we were looking into. Yeah, he's good. 
is the the hurdle that we're seeing or that we see um, maybe a club standpoint, a shop standpoint, what whatever the community is, is getting new shooters into the target world, getting them into the competition world of, of archery seems to be a hurdle that we don't just run into with barebow. We run into it with every form of archery. What do you think is the thing that's keeping people back? Or what is the thing that we have to do more of to get past that hurdle of getting people into the target archery world? Well, um, you know, it's the same as it always was up until COVID. Um, you know, with the coronavirus, COVID, it's, um, it's tough. On the, on the plus side, um, at, the, at the academy, we, opened, re, we reopened two weeks ago, and our classes are booking full. Um, Discover Archery is booking full. We have individual lessons. So people seem to, uh, if you reassure them that we're taking steps, they seem to be willing to come out and continue to shoot. Uh, that's to learn the sport and also to uh, get back into the swing of things with individual lessons. That's good. I'm glad to hear that the Academy's booking, uh, booking back up. I know I shot the, uh, the FIDA a couple of weeks ago and it was definitely, uh, it was a weird feeling shooting with one person per bale. It was kind of like it was just another practice day in, of sorts. Like just, it just didn't, just wasn't quite the same. So that meant it was another 500 day for you? Yes, it was actually <laughs> not a good day at all. It was a struggle bus for sure. Um, but it was still, it was just weird. It was strange. But, you know, you, you get to the tournament and they check your temperature and you sign your waiver and just, it's just all these things that we have to do now. And it's people, everybody's wearing masks around you. Flashes and, of brilliance, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, they are there sometimes. They are there sometimes. I'm still uh, waiting to see it. <laughs> you saw it already. My, my one time you saw it. It was, it was on the green practice range. You remember that? Yeah, you took my money. I did. Punk. Be able to have a I think we were up to seventy, about seventy people registered for that one. For the new one, the one in the eleventh. Yeah, the one on Saturday. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, that's coming oh, up nice. this weekend. Yeah, that that's good. That's good. Um, is that those are starfitas too? Correct. Is that a starfita? This one, this one will be a star. Yes. Gotcha. Um, John, see, and you're away this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm shooting a starfita in uh, Michigan this weekend. Yeah. And do and some fishing. Do some fishing, fishing with my friend Tim Johnson. Yeah, Timmy boy. Well, with 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 the idea that um, everything's starting to open back up, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. I'll tell you, I shot with uh, a gentleman who this past weekend I was at Palmyra, and I shot with Chris Christopher. I think his last name is Spack, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. John, you and I talked about him a little bit. Uh, sounds sounds really close he's from the harrisburg archery club he started barabelle through the explore archery program at the academy so wow. he five years ago took the explore archery program or or whatever the introduction program was at the time 
um, bought a Samick within a couple of weeks, and now he's shooting a, a, a Gilo and going to FIDA and shooting 3D. And prime example of, of how the academy's process and the exposure gets people into the sport. So um, super nice guy. Um, was born with some, I think, some degenerative vision issues. And um, I don't know, he's got a spinal cord fused and stuff. So like he uses archery in a, definitely in a different way, more of an exercise type, um, shoots for the passion of the sport and whatnot. But it's cool to see guys like him who came through the entire program. And here I ended up shooting on the same bale with them um, this past weekend at Palmyra, which was really, really neat. So yeah, and, and he stepped up and bought really great gear too. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't remember what lens he was shooting, but he, you know, definitely. And he listens to the Barrow project and follows, um, you know, was listening to our 50 meter podcast, John, to, to try to, to break into 50 meter. I don't think he shot it last year. This is his first year trying it, if I remember nice. correctly. So, yeah, I mean, you, you're seeing that more and more people starting to come out, and that's what we need. We need that across the board in our tree, but, you know, um, not just bareback. Definitely across the board. Anything else you think that other people could be doing, Rob? Something that strikes no. you that you know we need to do more of? You know, um, this whole, um, this whole uh, racial unrest, I mean, um, it, it has, um, has a, a very healthy conversation going on um, at USA Archery and, and uh, I think elsewhere. Um, you know, just thinking about the, the, the minorities that I know, um that um are shooting and i have some really good friends that in archery who happen to be um not not white not white like me and um you know it um it, it's a it's amazing um how successful many of them have been uh, but i think we could be more welcoming to people that um maybe there aren't you know, many blacks or Latinos or other, um, you know, like I said, uh, they're, they're not, they don't look like me, but, um, they love, they love archery. So they're a, they're a friend of mine. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to redouble my efforts, um, uh, to make sure that I welcome, I go out of my way to welcome, uh, anyone that I recognize as new to the sport. And I've, I've spent my life doing that. So it's not, uh, it's, it's not a big leap for me to, to do that. Um, but, um, like I said, I'm going to redouble my efforts so that, uh, I'm sure that I, um, welcome anyone that's new to the sport in that way. The community of archery is definitely a powerful thing. And I think we should take advantage of that as well. Take, you know, and, and open, open arms to everyone. And, and it's, let's face it, archery has got a kind of a healing capability as well. We're all, we're all in the same boat when we're standing on a competition line or we're standing on a target bit. Yep. Um, for sure. So absolutely. That's, that's, I think that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. 
I am. Um, Mr. Demmer, anything else that you wanted to, uh, I know Rob's sort of pressed for time and we're. I'm good. Okay. You're good. All right. I, I'm, I am far dumb yours. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> John, this, John was Scott. My, this was my, my plan was, Hey, I could do a podcast phone call you know, while I'm driving, but if, uh, if I had to, I could just stop. And so that, uh, you know, that's where I'm at now. Uh, Casey's continued to, uh, train hard, practice hard. Um, she was at her peak for the first weekend in April, the Olympic trials. And, um, she was shooting right at world record pace. Uh, she had a 687 that week of the Arizona cup, the Olympic trials nice. and um, awesome. the world record world record was set last year by Kang from Korea at 693. Outstanding. How's she doing now? She's shooting well. She's not, not shooting that level. She's, um, Oh, six, sixties, six seventies. You know, so she's definitely, we work hard to peak for big events. And you can't, it, it's very difficult to, Brady has been able to, but even Brady has some ups and down, downs. And Brady, even Brady works to a peak for his big <laughs> tournaments. And um, you can't stay at world-class intensity uh, 365 days a year. You've got to ramp it up and ramp it down. How, how do you try to achieve that just by, by practice volume? Uh, practice volume and the drills that we do. We change the practice. We change okay. the um, leading up to the Olympic trials, John. She shot um, against every major competitor in the world, mostly Koreans, but some Europeans as well. Um, we just go and look at world archery and we look at, previous matches, world championships, world cups, um, you know, major tournaments within the last two or three years. And she, uh, her coach, Heather or, or Brian or myself, uh, we will be the opponent and we know what the archer shot at those events. So Casey shoots against her top competition. She shoots matches against them. Um, and so she's very comfortable doing that. And, um, that's one of the types of practice that we do. And, um, her arrow count was 500 plus at okay. that time. That's so an interesting approach. Yeah. She's down to, to maintain, she's down to 200, 250, um, 100 on a very light day. But she shoots every day still. Do you ramp that up specifically before tournament and ramp it down like a week or two before to allow her body to recover you mean after uh no so say four weeks out from the tournament the, the idea of periodization say four yeah. or five weeks out high volume and then that gradually declines a week down to a literally the day before a tournament so that health wise physically She's recovered from all of the volume, but yet her, her skill level, her strength and everything is up. 
Is that what yeah. you do? Peak season, minimal volume for her, a light day is 250. Is about as light as we go. Now, tra there's a travel day in there, so that's a break. Um, but she, because of the gymnastics and because of the just how much she shoots, she loves to shoot. She and my wife, they're on, they're on vacation this week over at the beach. So, you know, they have a house over at the beach and they're, they have a beach vacation. Casey brought her bow knowing that she could drive an hour to the farm to shoot. She, there was no way she was going to go a week and not shoot. So she's been at the farm twice this week shooting her bow. She took, a, you know, a day, or, day off in between, day or two, but she, uh, yeah, she, she loves to shoot her bow. That's... No, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I think um, there's a lot of people that still, you know, they shoot bare bow and there's a lot of the community aspect, but when it comes to being a competitor, I think you need to take, you need to take that approach. I mean, obviously Casey's on an extreme level. She's, she's, she's an, uh, an Olympic level shooter, but for the rest of us that are out there that still want to just compete, maybe we're not training for the Olympics, but you can still train with that purpose. Oh, yeah. Maybe not 250 arrows is your light day. Maybe 50 arrows or 60 arrows is your light day. You can still train with that purpose. It's You're much better off shooting 50 arrows with purpose. And um, one of the things that gives I, life for a lifetime, I, always, I was always a gear geek. And for me, I always did A-B testing. I was always trying to find you know, that tune, that new piece of equipment, whatever it was. So I was always doing A-B testing, comparing two different setups, two different point weights in my arrows, whatever it might be. And when you're doing that, your practice has to have purpose because you have to shoot good shots to see which one's better. You're never just blindly shooting arrows that don't matter. Um, that, that can allow some poor habits to come into play. So um, practicing with purpose is very important. I know somebody else that likes to do that. We call him a tinkerer, but I know somebody else that likes to play with equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I now, a, but it makes I sense. Do it in a I do it in a smart way though. Like some people I see, they rip apart their whole complete bow and then start over, but I'll try to find something that works really well. And then I'll take my backup bow and try to make that bow better than my go-to bow. And yep. then, you know, keep flopping back and forth until I find something that's, that's the best. Yeah. Yep. It is super important to make sure that those shots are good shots though. If you, if you are, if you're just not having a good day, I mean, you can, you can tune your bow for a bad day and then you go and shoot it and it's, and everything's off. You know, so you have to definitely shoot with a purpose just for that purpose alone. And then automatically you're shooting more arrows. But yeah, John, you do do that a lot. <laughs> but I mean, you're constantly looking for the next best tune. You're looking for when the most forgiving stuff fits. You know? Trying. Trying. Always trying. Yeah, for sure. Outstanding stuff. Awesome. Um, John, anything else you wanted, to, you wanted to talk about with Rob before we open it up for some Q&A? Um, 
I think we we touched upon most most of it. Um, I think Rob made a pretty good point. He's talking about going uh, above and beyond a little bit, trying to get people to be a little bit more comfortable with the sport, especially people that tend to be shy about it um, for whatever background it, it may be, whether it may be race or wealth or just, you know, th their friends aren't interested or some or aren't as interested as they are. So I think he made a really good point about trying to get people to be a little bit more comfortable. The barebow community is awesome at that. I mean, the, the community, the barebow community is the best at doing that. And I think it's just, uh, it comes naturally. Hey, there's somebody that, that is interested in shooting like me and they're, they're, there aren't many of us or there weren't many of us. So the, um, that's why the bareboat community has grown so much is because the, the people that shoot bareboat and, and you two are prime examples of it, you know, are so generous with your, um, you know, sharing your, your experiences, your tips, um, you know, and being warm and welcoming. And that's, that's the name of the game. That's what is so special about the bareboat community. 100% agree with that. And thank you for the compliment. I think um, we, we understand the struggle. It's, we, we all relate to the struggle that, and, and, and kind of have a respect for it, I think, in some ways. And, and understand that the guy standing next to me or the girl standing next to me, we've all been down that road and know how difficult it is. You know, it's just everybody's struggle is a little bit different or the level is a little bit different, but we all, we all get it. So, but yeah, you're right. The barebow community is definitely something special and, and it's definitely um, a home and the people who follow it and support it are, um, are as much to be thankful for and to be appreciative of the people that are on this call that are waiting to, to say hello to you and maybe have some questions or whatever. They're here for a reason. Oh, uh, I'm an open book, whatever. Well, with whatever that being with said, you are. Um, I'm going to, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to let, let everybody, everybody in. come in. Yeah, everybody's except, except in. Except for Mike Olson. Except Mike <laughs> Olson. Yeah, Mike, sorry. We're going to. But I'll tell you what we do have. Um, Amelia, and I don't know if you remember I know John does. Amelia Tumor from the UK is on here. Um, she was at night. the Classic. Yeah. Mom left her stay up for this. Uh oh. Um, wow. There she is. Hi, Amelia. She, she was at the Classic this year. I don't know if you, you had a chance to meet her, but she shot at the Academy. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, Hi, Amelia. Oh, she's shy. <laughs> uh, I don't know Mike Holson I think I'm having some issues getting your video it's not working <laughs> just kidding just kidding I'm sure Karen's there what are you doing wrong Mike no <laughs> <laughs> so hey Andy you got Andy from Canada Charles Santo trying to think we got Ted if you guys, um, you guys can, uh, I can unmute you all. Um, if you guys, 
please let us know if you have any questions. Um, just avoid asking John about his hair. I think we cover that every single time we do this. So um, we were saying hi to Amelia. Did you have her muted? No, I, I didn't. Oh, okay. she, she's got control okay. now. I had my microphone muted. Sorry. Amelia, <laughs> Amelia is it a past your bedtime? A little bit. <laughs> it's middle of the night. It's, it's a special day. <laughs> special day. In the morning. Tell, tell your mother we said thank you for letting you join us. Is she there? Oh, she's only waving. Hey, there's Santo. Santo, you got your, you got your, oh, he's fletching arrows. Look at that. He's, he selectively <laughs> put it right in front of the camera so we could all see that he's doing archery stuff. I don't know, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm arrow crazy. <laughs> wow. I have a little, I have a few. You have a problem. I have a serious problem. I have a serious problem. That, are we still talking about the arrow? Arrows? That you have serious... If it wasn't for Lancaster Archery, I would not have this problem. I think we're all in the same boat there. There's some old Maxima RZs there. Yeah. Someone's fleshing hunting arrows. <laughs> um actually they they work best for me for trad worlds next week nice. Uh, nice so i tracked down a dozen from um dilusia no you're good you're good i uh i actually tracked down a dozen at three rivers they had them hidden somewhere um they had oh. one left and i snatched them up mute them right. he said three rivers mute i know <laughs> <laughs> I only have three dozen to take with me. <laughs> so before we, you know, I don't, I don't want to cut anybody off because it's always like a reunion when we do this. You guys have any questions for Rob or anything you want to talk about um, before, so we don't hold him up and he can get home. Going once. Any guesses on the classic? Any guesses on the classic? Well. <clears throat> We are we're actually meeting next week to begin to discuss what options we have. Um, I can tell you this, we can't do it at six feet. I, I've tried and um, I, I just don't see a way that uh, with six foot spacing, uh, we could, we could do it. Uh, it just, it's going to take too long and take, take up too much space. Um, we could maybe get away with five feet, uh, but um, you know, we're, we'll be working with the Nook and we'll be doing everything we can to, uh, to hold the event. Um, I, I figured out a way that if we just skip a lane, we, we could uh, make it viable and that would give us five foot spacing. Right. There you go. Indoor archery is really tough right now. Um, World archery and NFAA, USA archery, no one's, uh, no one's come out with a plan yet. So um, we're kind of on our own or we're, we're gonna be left to be one of the leaders in the world, I guess, in coming up with a solution. Sounds like you guys are working pretty hard at it then. We appreciate that. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, we do not want the classic to end here. Um, I'm 
not a quitter. We know that. Go ahead, Andy. Hello, Andy. No, oh, we can't hear you. Hold on. We might. Ew. <laughs> oh, leave it up to the Canadian, and we can't hear it. And he's not even on mute. Look, he's like, if you want to type your question in the chat, you can do that. You can do that. Anybody else? While we're waiting for Andy and his ten thumbs to type into his question. Because Let me know if he types A. <laughs> I want to. I want to apologize to everybody for my fuzziness. I've been a been at the farm for three or four days just working, and uh, it's atrocious. So embarrassment. <laughs> this isn't a bunch of Olymp Olympic recurve shooters. You don't need to worry about that. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not even dressed in white. I know. <laughs> Oh, Amelia, how about you? Amelia's the only one without a beard on this. You're right. <laughs> look, did you see the look at her face? She's like, what are you saying about me, Ted? <laughs> see if Andy's question came through yet. No. There he goes. Yep. Does it seem like distancing will be an issue that far away? I certainly, I certainly hope not. Um, you know... But it's hard to – who knows? I My crystal ball's broken. Um, you know, um, hopefully there's either a vaccine or, you know, after the election things go away, whatever. You know, we certainly hope that uh, it, it's not an issue. I think COVID will still be um, with us. I think we're going to have to learn to live with it. And, um, you know, we'll see – um, how willing people are to travel, especially internationally. Um, you know, I, that world archery has no plans, uh, to hold events this year. And, um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the first world archery event, uh, the first international event that that'll tell me that, uh, things are beginning to break loose. Um, Amelia in, in the UK, uh, in Great Britain, uh, are there any local tournaments? Are clubs open in uh, in Great Britain? Uh, no, we don't have any competitions going on at all. There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Not even club. Not even like little club ones. Yeah. I I did, Rob. I did talk to Klaus Pinbo, which who was also at the Classic this year. I don't know if you met Klaus from Denmark. I had a Zoom meeting with him today, and um, he said that they are going to be opening back up here shortly, hosting their star fetus. So there's a little bit of a bright spot um, coming from Denmark. So Yeah, it's going to start up again like it is here, and that's lo on a local level where people can just drive, um, not even spend a hotel night. Um, you know, so it will start locally and, and expand from there. Um, I, I'm afraid the sport has, the sport of competitive archery has lost a lot of momentum. Um, and, and I worry about that. Um, bow hunting and 3D don't 
don't seem to be nearly as affected. There were 1,600 archers at the ASA 3D in Kentucky last week. Yeah, that's that's good. Th that was pro. That had to have been pretty close to Kentucky last year too, wasn't it? Uh, norm normally Kentucky is about 1900. 19. Okay. Yeah. So they're not far off. Not far off. No. Yeah, it definitely seems like 3D has not been affected. Like, and maybe it's just the difference in the organizations and the way that they're being handled. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Anybody else have a question? Anything you want to bring up before we let Rob go for the, uh, for the evening and finish his ride? It's like, everybody's good. We got, got accomplished what we needed to. Right. Andy, eh? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> he, he so, he so badly wants to say something right he's, now. It's like he, he so makes older, the ugliest older. shirts I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, but you have to admit that the Archie Parent one with the with the per with you have to admit it's a good one. Alex probably came up with that idea. It wasn't. <laughs> Don't give Alex that much credit. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I'll tell you what. We're gonna let Rob go. I thank you all for joining in. Um, <laughs> Andy said that guy's the worst. That's your national champion, isn't it, that you're talking about right now? Um, yeah. All right, Rob, thanks so much for joining us. I know you had a lot going on. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks again for joining us. We'll, we'll be uploading this to our podcast. We're putting it on YouTube. And um, everybody, be safe out there. Okay, thank right. you, Frank. Thank you, John. Looking good, thank John. Thanks for coming on. Bye. See ya. Have a good night. See you guys. Thanks for joining in. See you guys.